Coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. For me, legendary is I want to, when I leave this world, I want to have a grateful heart and leave no regrets. And I want to have made this world, the people I've touched, myself and everything around me a little bit better than I found them. And so that's what legendary means to me. Do you want to learn the tricks that top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help lead to succeed. Picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, episode 102. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tommy Breedlove. Tommy is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author of the book Legendary and the founder of the Legendary Life Movement, a movement that empowers driven people to be pros in leadership, business, mindset, and their relationships. Tommy started his 20-year corporate career at one of the largest financial consulting firms in the world and eventually became a shareholder, the international practice leader and a member of the board of directors. At the top of his career, Tommy experienced a transformational moment, inspiring him to walk away from the corporate world to change his life and follow his true calling. Tommy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am honored and grateful to be here, my friend. And uh, this has been a journey of flexibility and grace today. So thank to us both, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know we were talking about it before. You're You're in transition and I just had to go over to the hospital. So a lot of moving parts. Yes. That's what makes these conversations even better because there's a human side to it. We're not just going to talk theory, ideas. You know, there's that human connection. We've already made that, which is really super exciting. And I really need to hear about, you know, this transition piece, a little bit of backstory because my listeners know, but I guess often don't. I'm a former school leader. And so I transitioned out of the headmaster. I was actually, I, did, I meant to tell you this before we, before we recorded, I was a headmaster in Atlanta. Um, so I know your area well, and um, I just, I, I had an itch, I sort of had a reason, sort of like a career pivot, uh, let's call it opportunity, because really that's what it was in retrospect, and I, I, I followed my path now. Um, for some people, they'd say, you know, how did you get from point A to point B? I want to hear about your story from point A to point B. How did you, or what motivated you to leave what seemed to be a really successful corporate gig? in, you know, in, in, in finance to do what you're doing now? Oh, I love the question. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your story as well. Mine is not as, uh, as probably as, um, beautiful a story as yours. Mine had a lot of pain in it. I came from very, it's important to note that I came from very humble beginnings. I was the first person in my family to go to college, graduate college and go to what I would call a professional career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believed, and I believe all these things are important that money, success, power, um, shiny objects, fancy suits, big watches would make me happy, make me fulfilled and, you know, chase the quote American dream. So there I was at 36 years old. I was in a very large financial consulting, public accounting, mergers and acquisition, valuation firm, all that. We did all of the the bells and whistles, had the corner office, the shiny suit, but wondered why I felt alone, wondered why um, I was still filled filled with anger and rage. And I I was really never Tommy. I was always wearing this this armor of tough guy, important guy, couldn't ask for elf guy, ye who turns the lights off last guy. 
And when the money, the 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 power, the shiny objects didn't fill me up, I turned to turned to the wolf of wolf of uh, Wall Street lifestyle. And it almost cost me everything at 36. And one one failed evening of way too much debauchery and party, I ended up in a ditch in downtown Atlanta in a suit, probably doing some multi-million dollar something right before that, wondering how did I get here? Who am I? Where am I going? And who's coming with me? And I decided at that moment to make me my full-time job, uh, going from an arrogant guy, which is insecurity on steroids, to a humble guy, a guy who loved himself, who respected himself, who led himself. So I made me my full-time job with great coaching, with great mentors. Uh, I eliminated the negative people out of my life and added the positive people. Um, and let me tell you what I really discovered about myself is the reason, even didn't matter how much they paid me or anything, I felt not worthy and not good enough. And what I also realized is I came from extreme violence and abuse as a young man, committed a violent crime as a young man, served two years as a young man. So I literally went from a jail cell to Deloitte and Touche in two years. Um, but I never dealt with those insecurities, those fears, that anger, that rage. I just thought if I outworked them, outcompeted them and got to the top, I would be happy and fulfilled. And I wasn't. And when I just learned to love, lead, and respect myself, the most amazing things happened to me. Uh, my income doubled. I went from a junior partner to a senior partner to international practice leader to elected to the board and an owner at 39. Most of the people were in their 60s. Um, I got eliminated my negative network, added an abundant, great network, a 10x network. And uh, professionally, I was just skyrocketing to the top. But more importantly, personally, I found fulfillment i found peace i found courage i found quiet confidence um and and was just was okay with being tommy and i no longer let people who didn't matter matter and that's when this is crazy that's when my network venture capital private equity entrepreneurs corporate executives lawyers bankers started reaching out to me and i thought we were networking for business because i never planned on leaving that world i was a senior partner and they were like, no, I need you. I, I, I need some advice, uh, not just business advice, but how did you do it? How did you turn 180? How did you go from what you were to who you are now? And when I started sharing that and just coaching them over a beer or a walk or a cup of coffee, they, they said, you got to write a book. So we wrote a book. We called it Legendary. It became a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. And eventually I got the courage to walk away, sell my equity. And uh, now I run the Legendary Experiences, Retreats, Masterminds. It's it's just an entire movement around helping ambitious people and, and driven people build and live professionally and personally legendary lives. And so thank you for letting me share that, brother. Sure. No, that was great. Very inspiring. I don't even know where to start with it because there's so many things <laughs> I sort of jump in on because um, I do coaching as well. And so, you know, I'm always listening for for transition for nuance for you know really the 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 story underneath the story i'm trying to imagine you as you're sitting here in your baseball cap and your comfortable shirt like in a shiny suit in a corner office you know like oftentimes it just doesn't seem to match but at the same time what you're teaching us is that the outside the exterior the veneer that that greets us when we interact with somebody for better or for worse, you know, sometimes people are hiding, hiding really deep, dark secrets. On the other hand, sometimes there's a jewel underneath there and we don't see it because of X reasons, X, Y, and Z. And so um, I, I'm, I'm curious to know, um, you know, how you how you kind of mustered the courage. I know you said that you, you got into this dark spot and it's really not going well, but 
oftentimes people will just do more of the same. You know, they do what they've known. They they don't necessarily think, hey, I, I need to really pull myself up in, by the bootstrap. So what was your aha moment? Not so much the moment, because I think you shared that already, but what was what was the thought process behind the moment that allowed you to think with light and with positivity and with a new direction, as opposed to whether it's doubling down or maybe going even deeper? Because a lot of people, they get into a bad place, they go even deeper into that bad place. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's crazy. Like awareness can be a, a platform that we stand on or an anchor that holds us down if we don't do anything about our self-awareness. Right. And I think that's one of the challenges in leadership as humans and in business is we're not self-aware. And I knew at that moment, looking up at that blue sky, that this this is chance two. This is chance two in your life. And I don't know if you're going to get chance three and what you're doing is clearly not working. Now on the outside, you're professionally very successful, but on the inside, you're crumbling. you're scared, you're angry, you feel alone and uh, you won't ask for help. And we were, my wife and I clearly at that time were going through marriage counseling. And I remember this counselor and I didn't hear it the first 10 times he said it, but he knew there was some real deep, dark stuff from my past that was causing me to act and work the way I worked because I was covering up all these insecurities inside. I knew if I just had more money and outworked you in the better car that I was going to feel whole, but it never made me feel whole. And he knew there was some inner work that needed to be done. And he said, there's a place in Tennessee that can do more for you in, in seven days than I can do in 10 years. And when I woke up, I heard it and I went home and my marriage was on life support. I personally was on life support, but on the outside, I looked like I had it all going on. And I said, Heather, I'm going to go. My wife is named Heather. I'm going to go figure out who I am. I'm going to figure out why I have these fears and worries and insecurities inside and why I'm always chasing the next shiny object. Mm -hmm. And I went to that place and it was the first time I felt it's the first time I became aware. It's the first time I was vulnerable. It was the first time I just was okay with being me. And what I realized, I mean, there was professional rock star drummers there. There was entrepreneurs there. There was people at rock bottom there. I mean, there was all walks of life, um, good, bad, or indifferent social scales, culturally. And, and what I realized is we're all fighting this battle together mm -hmm. and that we're not alone in our stories. We're not alone in our mistakes. We're not alone in our fears and insecurities. And that's the first time I knew that I wasn't alone. And it's the first time I, I received tools like actionable tools of how to build self-confidence, self-respect, self-love, self-leadership, and self-esteem. And so it was, it was an awareness of, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to get number three. So it could have been just scared straight. It could have also been this moment of divinity that said, Hey, it's your time to use all of your past, to use all of your stories and use them for goodness and go out and make an impact and difference in the world. So I, I was able to hear a message at that time that I wasn't able to hear before, but I took action on that message. And since then from coaches, I'm, you know, I'm still working with two coaches. I'm still in two masterminds. I mean, I do the work every single day to be confident, courageous, loving, abundant, and to just be a little bit better than I was yesterday. And, and it's so much better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah, question. And the openness is such a critical piece because so often people, they get the messaging, but they're just not ready for it or they're not open yeah. to it. Um, so, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. It was very powerful. And I, I appreciate you going there. So let's talk about legendary, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a legendary guy. You wrote the book. Aspiring to be. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a New York Times bestseller. So that's the association. What does legendary mean to you? And what are you trying to help people accomplish when you say be legendary? 
Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, to me, legendary is absolutely aspirational. And what I love about the word legendary, it's so big, it's so bold, it's so out there. And if we start calling ourselves legendary, people will laugh at, laugh at us from the rooftops. What I love about the word legendary, it's given to us by our network, our peers, our friends, our colleagues, people within our inner circle and our ethos. And we can be either beautiful legends or negative legends. And for me, legendary is I want to, when I leave this world, I want to have a grateful heart and leave no regrets. And I want to have made this world, the people I've touched myself and everything around me a little bit better than I found them. And so that's what legendary means to me. And in the journey of legendary, it's not for everybody. Legendary is for people who want to help themselves. It is not for victims at the apathetic, lazy, or entitled people. It's for ambitious, driven people who want to make impact. And the whole point is how do we build and live legendary lives? And to me, it comes down to freedom. It comes down to success. And success to me equals freedom. It comes down to be in charge of our time, having a world-class network, living a purposeful life, but even more importantly, live life with self-confidence, self-courage, self-love, self-respect, so that we can lead, love, and respect others. It's a, it's a book about self-mastery, self-leadership, and being a better human, both professionally and personally personally, so that we can really go make a difference in this beautiful world. So that's what the book Legendary and what I love about it, I think why it's become so successful, it's it's execute. It's not theory. It's stuff that it's basic, simple steps with your time, with your network, with your purpose, with your relationships, with your family, friends, with your uh, mastering your emotions and mindset, living together. It's all actionable stuff that you can implement every day in an hour or less because we've got to shift the paradigm, my friend. We've got to, we, we put ourselves last. Well, the most selfless thing we can do is put ourselves first. I'm talking about our physical health, our rest, our emotional, our mental, and our spiritual health, if that's important to you. Put it first so that we lead ourselves first, we love ourselves first, we respect ourselves first, and we challenge ourselves every day to be powerfully humble so that we can go lead outside in the businesses and our careers and in our families. And so that to me is what Legendary is all about. And so let's take the opposite for just a second. What would you say is the biggest obstacle? It's interesting because somebody posted on LinkedIn yesterday and he tagged me, or maybe this morning, I forget, and asked the question, what's more important, mindset or actions? Mm. of getting things done. And I, to me, it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Because if you have the mindset, but you don't take action around it or vice versa, you're not, you're not any better off ultimately. So I was just curious in terms of thinking about what prevents people from, you know, being candidates, let's call it for, yeah. for your program. And just in general, to take that transformational step that you that you preach. I think change is hard. And I think it comes down to fear. I think people think success or happiness or is out there and not for them. And I think we have this it mentality if we work harder and harder and harder and we swim to that horizon, which we can never get to when I get here and when I have this is when I will invest in myself or take the time to do that or, or lean into my family or start that new career. And it's just fear. And um, what I would ask everybody listening is where in your life are you not showing up 100% for? Is it your happiness? Is it your relationship? Is it your business? Is it your career? And we, that's where you need to lean in. It is it is both mindset and action. But you got to take action on your mindset to get a better mindset, to get a mindset of abundance. I've got this courage, confidence, strength, power. And for me, I'm going to say it just a little bit different. It's about taking intentional action. 
I believe in the uh, the law of attraction. I think light attracts light, dark attracts dark, action attracts action. But you've got to take the intention. You've got to set the goal. You got to have the vision of: Do I want to be stronger, more confident, have a better relationship, uh, more love in my life, more time in my life, more money in my life? Whatever it is, you got to make the intention. You got to set the goal. You got to make it very simple and actionable. But then you got to go take action. And there's a great book called uh, I. I don't want to say the book because I'll mess it up and it'll, it'll sound really bad, but it's by James Victor. And I love what he says. He goes, action without intention and intention without action is nonsense. So it takes both. Mm. And you can't work your way into happiness. You can't buy your way into happiness. And I love money, success, and impact because I think it magnifies what we're doing. But wherever you go, there you are. I mean, I've got clients who are just getting started on their new careers. And I've, I literally have got two clients that just crushed it for selling their companies for $150 million. The very next day, they're like, why am I not happy? Because wherever you go, there you are. We haven't prioritized the heart muscle, the mind muscle, being proactive and not reactive and standing in humble confidence, courage. And, and say, so I think it's both. I hear that. Yeah. And I think that the it's interesting because you, you you mentioned that point about when I, you know, make that money, when I achieve that outcome, then I'll whether I'll be happy or then I'll really pursue what I'm what I'm most interested in. And there's so many different ways to take that. Like, for example, you know, in a, in a short period of time, going back about five years now, I completed two milestones. One of them was a doctorate. and One of them was a book. And both Amazing. of them were like, yeah, wow. And neither of them. It's like climbing to Everest, brother. Yeah, neither <laughs> of them filled me up the way I thought that they would. It's like the day after, I'm feeling like, where's the nirvana? Where's the, you know? And it was like, part of it is because the journey is as much the, the end game as the destination, right? It's the work, it's the growing, it's the writing in the case of the book or the research in the case of the dissertation, doing the work that fills me up personally. So I was sort of like thinking about these guys who are selling their businesses. There's a certain feeling of empty. On the one hand, I just... Huge success. On the other hand, now what? Because real winners, I'm not sure that they fit that exact description based on who they are, because I don't know them. But I often find that the people who are really successful are never satisfied. This whole idea that Hollywood sells as we're going to ride off into the sunset and everything is just going to be like beautiful on some yacht somewhere. Th there's an emptiness to that, I feel. And the other side of what you were saying, the other side of what you were saying is that I never associated it with a fear, but I guess it makes sense that if somebody is putting something off, it's ultimately because they don't have enough, whether it's confidence in their self or their circumstances, their knowledge, et cetera, that they're going to leap all in to what they really want for themselves. And sometimes it just requires that extra courage, maybe that support. You talk about coaching, but something to be able to say, I'm going all in. I'm going to take my lumps. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to see where I wind up on the other end. Because otherwise, it's it's a life without, you know, you, you you turn around and it's all over and like, where are you? Yeah, and I I couldn't agree more. And I want to address a couple of things there. It's because most ambitious driven entrepreneurs or people who want to be successful in business are always measuring ourselves against an ideal. Mm 
And the problem is the corner always moves and the ideal always moves. You got to remember, I came from humble beginnings. So when Deloitte said, uh, forgive the dog, I love the dog in the background. It makes me smile. Um, it means it's almost vacation time. But I remember when Deloitte, I went from $6 an hour working in a factory to Deloitte paying me 30 or 35 and I heard $3 million. So I thought I had made it right, $35,000. And it didn't matter if it was 50, 250, 500, a million. The ideal always moves. The ideal of us as men and women always moves. And so the horizon always swim. But if we would, you know, we can't swim to it because there's always a bigger boat. There's always more money. There's always the next deal. And it's that, and that's what makes us great though, is that chase for impact and more. However, if we just simply turn around, and look how far we've come in our relationships. Look how far we've come professionally. Look how far we've come and celebrate that and be grateful for it and be present in it and measure ourselves backward as well to how far we come. That's where we find fulfillment, happiness, and gratitude. And here's where I think we all, here's the pursuit of happiness. And we'll never get there because if we were immortal or perfect, this life would be really boring. Um, and so to me, it's the three buckets. And I learned this from one of my mentors, Darren Hardy. You've got to fill the career and professional bucket, like constantly work on being better there. You've got to fill and work on the relationship bucket, your friends, your family, your network, or colleagues, your employees. And the third one, and this is the most important one that we don't do. We don't, and it's the most selfless thing we can do. We got to fill that internal bucket, the self-growth, the inner work, the building your heart muscle, your mind muscle, your soul muscle, and your physical muscles. Because if we don't work on our heart, mind, soul, and physical muscles, they atrophy and we get weak. And if you don't think we're weak, look at 24-hour news networks and look at Facebook. We are mentally and emotionally and soulfully weak right now. And it's all about choices. We can choose to strengthen up and start working on those and growing or we can choose to just be puppets and let the puppeteers play with us. So I'll get off my soapbox. So oh, that that's, to me about, that, that's to me how you measure happiness. I've actually, I've actually personally gotten better at that last bucket. Uh, I'm not great yet, but I certainly have worked a lot at it. Um, and not because I was so selfless before or whatever that might be. It just, I didn't necessarily give it enough attention. I didn't feel, I, I, I was burning the candle at both ends. I, I, I do I do have a certain workaholic mentality and mindset. Oh, and I just want to know my brother, me with you. I'm right there with you. And I grind out a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of content, a lot of articles, a lot of, you know, the book, everything else. And at the same time, I said, you know, I just need to carve out more meaningful time, whether it's for study, whether it's for exercise, you know, do better with my health and my nutrition, all these kinds of things, because I do have to be the engine that drives certainly what I want to put out in the world. And of course, as a father and a spouse and a family member and a community member as well. So I think that's really important. And that's an, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're emphasizing that because I think it's so often what's put out there is the other two buckets, you know, yeah. and those are important too, but you have to have that full sense of balance because this way you could really you could really show up so i'm going to ask you a question it's a very unusual question for me to ask but only because i did some digging on your website and i really wanted to understand you know your program i run a mastermind group as well i'm also a coach so i'm always curious to see what other people are doing right what makes them legendary or exceptional you know in their work and i went into your onboarding or your I, what's the word i'm looking for your prospective coaching clients that questionnaire and it's an extensive one. Um, and it goes into interesting places. Some might even say some very private, sensitive slash secretive questions that you're asking 
about people's backgrounds and whatnot. And, and I'm curious because in all honesty, most of the people I work with tend to typically come to me because they want, they're, they're feeling stuck at work, but they're not typically identifying, let's call it imbalances elsewhere. It doesn't mean they don't exist, but you know, I haven't necessarily, maybe to a fault of my own, dug super deep on a person's personal level, unless I sense there's a reason to go there. But you're doing that from the very beginning and asking really, you know, kinds of questions that if somebody's not really interested in working with you, I would imagine might be a turnoff for them. So I'm just curious to know not only your thought process and why you're doing it, but what 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 is your ultimate intention behind it? And 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 what does that ultimately tell you about your capacity to work with and support somebody? Yeah, uh, great question. It's the first time I've ever actually been asked that. The first reason it is a vetting tool. Um, and it works like clockwork if someone's ready i don't here's the truth and i hope i can say this and feel free to bleep it out i don't want to make assholes even more successful and that's the truth um i i live that world in venture capital private equity i've I've, the gunslingers the scorpions and snakes not not all of those folks are but there's a lot out there that are and i'm not we are in the success space we are success mentors our group programs our experiences our masterminds and every now and then when i take a one-on-one client i want them to work not only on their professional success to be world-class and badass leaders to be world-class and in every way in in their careers and their businesses and make more money than they know what to do with i'm in the money space i was in the money space for 30 years but i also want to make them world-class leaders at home in their relationships with their spouse and their children i want them to have more fun in their life i want them to feel a, a sense of fulfillment and peace and impact and so often people and we're shifting the paradigm there's three things that we stand for and if you don't want to stand for it go somewhere else we do not care and we do not compromise this as we stand for three things as a movement. Number one is you can't build legendary life, business, and success alone. You've got to have people around you that like-minded core values that are helping walk the journey with you. You cannot do it alone. So we want authenticity. We want people who share wisdom and we want people who are ready to lean in. Number two, you've heard me say it over, people who want to be self-masters in all things, mental strength, emotional strength, spiritual strength, physical strength, and leadership strength, prioritizing ourselves first. If they can't answer questions about their personal life with authenticity and vulnerability, we don't want them. Go be miserable and successful. We want the whole picture. You can't have all the ingredients. You can't be successful at work and be awful at home. It is not, there is no formula for success there. We want people who want to be personally and professionally successful. So the number two thing we stand for is prioritizing of self and self-mastery. And number three thing we stand for is making that voice inside your head that we all have that is yeah. very loud at certain times. We want to turn that thing from an enemy to an ally. And so when we vet, we want to get to know them. We want to know. Plus, there's interview processes. Like, you can't just come to a retreat. You can't just come to a mastermind. So there's interview processes that we do. We want people who want to be world-class and badass professionally, in leadership, at home, and especially with themselves. And that's why we do it. Nice. Okay. Well, that was pretty inspiring. I'm passionate about that. <laughs> that's probably like the longest question that, that I ever asked somebody because it like, took some time for me to build up to where I was going with it. But at the same time, I love the answer. And so I'm going to ask you the final question of this segment. And that is a question that I ask every leader now, because I believe, and I'm sure you share this sentiment, Tommy, 
that oftentimes we see, like if I go to your website, I see this incredible guy. He's got <laughs> so much going on and all these accolades and testimonials and videos, all that stuff. And it's like, you know, forget the fact that I don't, I don't see this whole finance success guy behind. But the point is, I see success, right? So I assume that you were on the fast track to success all along because how else did you get there? And whenever I see somebody in um, thought management, thought leadership or finance or any industry, I assume that they have all the goods in the beginning. They're just gifted, <laughs> you know, and so I can't relate to them. But this podcast is designed to help everybody who is in any type of leadership role become that much better, that become that much more mindful, that much more thoughtful, that much more inspired. And so what would you say, Tommy, was the biggest mistake you ever made in, in relation to leadership or life? And what did you learn from it? Uh, not asking for help. Thinking I was the only one with my fears, my insecurities, and my fraud complex that says, what if they figure out I don't know what I'm doing? What if they figure out I'm just a, a poor South Side boy from the South Side of Atlanta that didn't come from pedigree or money? And, and asking for help, asking for help and leaning in and investing in myself. So asking for help and leaning in to be better and, and realizing I was not alone in that and that any story I told myself, any story that we tell her can be untold and a new story rewritten so i had to ask for help leaned in and uh invested in myself that that's the biggest mistakes i made love it okay we're going to transition out of rapid fire going to keep it short and sweet and my first one this actually was a pretty selfish question i'm asking too because i know you do retreats which is on my bucket list the coolest place you've been to on retreat either as an attendee or as the facilitator it was a medieval town in northern Italy with like a thousand residents. And it looked like we went back for 500 years. It was an entrepreneurial conference. It was unforgettable. And it was actually the beginning of the courage to begin the legendary life movement. I can't remember the name of the town. It was so small. It was like started with a P, but it was in the mountains of northern Italy. In the well, it had at least five syllables. Yeah, right. <laughs> quote that you live by or refer to often? Participate in your own rescue. There's no magic pills, no one coming to save you. Look in the mirror, it's the problem, the solution. You have to participate in your own rescue. So what is your go-to coaching question? My go-to coaching question? I would say my go-to question, question is where in your life are you not showing up 100%? Where are you not taking full responsibility? Because I'm in the personal accountability, look in the mirror, take action business is where are you not showing up 100% and what are your three do twos and by when to go make your life or your birth success or something better? Great. Okay. Last one. And this is one I ask everybody as well, because I'm almost done with my next book and it's on productivity, a productivity tip, Tommy, that helps you to get more done. I do not check email, but one time a day, it is someone else's to-do list. Um, so number one is I don't check email until one time a day, and I only do it one time a day. And number two, I only focus on my three highest priorities for the first four hours of my day. Love it. Okay. You've given, you've given us so much, but selfishly, I'm going to ask for one more thing, <laughs> a final life lesson, Tommy, that you could share to help us end this episode. I would ask people, are they ready to stop living their stories and start living their lives? We've been programming with, we've been programmed with stories from our parents to our childhood, to our teachers, to our news, to our cultures, to our societies. And most of those stories are not true that are inside our head. And the, the person that we believe we are is probably also not true. Are you ready to stop li living your story and start living your life? What choice will you make today to be a little bit stronger and better than you were yesterday? A small, one small choice 
every single day pays compounding interest. So I realize now that I should have asked you one more thing before, and that is how can everybody find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, legendary. If you're not a reader, I will read it to you. It is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. So if my Southern accent doesn't bother you, I will read you the book. But you can find the book in all your favorite bookstores, electronic, hardback, softback, audible. Check out the book. It's actionable. It's fun. You'll love it. Um, if you're interested in a legendary life retreat or an experience or any of our masterminds or group coaching uh, communities, please reach out to me directly. Tommy at TommyBreedLove.com. I know I just said I don't check email, but I have two other people that do. <laughs> they will get, they'll get back to you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. They will get back to you. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Thank you for fitting this into what I know is a bit of a tumultuous day. And I'm so glad that we got connected. I'm delighted that Derek previous, uh, actually episode, uh, 100 guest, um, was the connector here. And I certainly look forward to deepening the connection over time. Thanks uh, again. Brother, I'm so grateful for you. Have a great weekend. You as well. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you can lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives the show more social proof and encourages more folks to listen. 